They're the Combini Boys. They're the Combini Boys. They're the Combini. They're the Combini. They're the Combini. They're the Combini Boys. Hey everybody, welcome to the Combini Boys podcast. This week we're joined by a true Combini legend, Patrick Saint Michel, the longtime writer of the legendary Combini Watch column at the Japan Times. We learn about Patrick's journey to becoming a journalist covering Japanese music and pop culture, and how that combined with his love for the Combini to lead him to Combini Watch. After that, Patrick sticks around to hang out for the normal show and offer his amazing commentary on a range of Combini items. Be sure to check out the show notes so you can find where to read more of Patrick's writings. Now let's head over to the, the Combini. They're the Combini. They're the Combini boys. Hey, Mike. Hey, Matt. Uh, how's it going? That's well, going pretty, pretty good here, Mike. Uh, actually, better than normal because... Uh, it's not just the two of us today. We have a special guest, don't we? That's exactly right, Matt. As you know, there's um, we often talk about the sort of the legends, you know, the sort of the Hall of Fame of the Combini. You know, <laughs> there's right. some names that come to mind. You know, the the super salary man. There's um, Matsumoto Gavin Whitelaw. His, Gavin Whitelaw. You know, <laughs> Matsumoto in his war with Seven Eleven. You know, Famichiki Senpai. And then Matt. Ooh. There's another name. There's uh, Patrick Saint Michel. Mm-hmm. From the long time running Japan Times column, Combini Watch. Um, and uh, Matt, I'm really happy to say that we actually have Patrick in the podcast today, joining us today. Patrick, welcome to the Combini Boys podcast. Welcome, Patrick. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, Combini Boys world, Combini Boys <laughs> listeners. Thank you for welcoming into your fold and for that beautiful, beautiful. I mean, I feel like I should like almost die because it was such a good eulogy almost it's like nothing i do is going to top that moving forward <laughs> well uh you joined just in time for my cat to use the litter box over here so um get a little bit of that in the background which is perfect and thanks for joining here patrick and um you know that's a terrific background you got going on there. Just to give a bit of a description, he has a digital character from Lawson. I understand this is a vo- Vocaloid character, Patrick. Is that right? Yes, this is a character named uh, Akikoloid-chan. Um, she was created, I want to say, in 2012. And she's part of the popular, it's kind of like a music subgenre slash entire subculture. Mm-hmm. in Japan called a Vocaloid, which refers mm. to this like singing synthesizer software. Install it in your computer, Amazing. press some buttons, it generates a voice, and uh, you have a singer for your music. Um, listeners who are completely lost at this point, um, <laughs> you might know the uh, digital pop star uh, Hatsune Miku. She's gotten a lot of kind of like attention right. for like, look at this hologram, do a concert. <laughs> so... Akikoloi-chan is part of that extended family. She's an official Lawson-branded Vocaloid character, meaning that anyone could kind of like purchase her, it's called a voice bank, and then just create their own music using this Lawson character. Um, As you can see, uh, for anyone tuning in to YouTube, you can see over here, um, Karage-kun is kind of always just around her, almost like a pet of some sort. So, um, yeah, I don't know what has happened to her in the years since. Like, I feel she had like a good three-year run in the Vocaloid community. And yeah, I think Lawson just kind of nudged her to the back and we're kind of like, 
let's bring out some new, some, some fresh talent, you know, this is how Japanese entertainment works, you know, got to keep it fresh. She's been graduated. Yeah. Got to move yeah. on from the holograms, right? <laughs> but I will honor her tonight by having her peer over my shoulder um, and maybe unsettle a few people who are tuned in. <laughs> <laughs> well, we welcome, we welcome her and um, yeah, Patrick, um, you know, Having you on uh, today, it's, um, you know, not a complete coincidence. Actually, um, we just wanted to, you know, like, again, say uh, thanks. Um, Patrick uh, featured us for the 20 questions uh, column in the Japan Times. Um, and that actually came out, I, I think it was uh, Tuesday, was it? Um, this week? I, or? It was, yeah, I want to say maybe last weekend. Maybe you started the week. Oh, uh, last week. Okay. But of yeah. course, obviously, all employed for myself just to get on this podcast, as we all know, <laughs> uh, as we are, as we reveal now, actually. But That's no, funny. no, it's incredible podcast. Love you guys, and thank you so much for talking with the Japan Times. Anyone can check that story out. Uh, just head on over to Japan Times, do a nice little Google search, Japan Times Community Boys. You'll learn so much about the hosts that you love so much. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for doing that, Patrick. And it was yeah, no great worries. talking to you guys, if only to pick up your mom as our newest uh, fan. So that was uh, uh, great news to hear. And, my mom um, loves you guys, as I found out today. She's listened to like every episode. She's caught up. 52 oh. episodes, yeah. We're big with moms, apparently, <laughs> so we're thinking about changing our whole messaging, marketing, and branding to really lean into that segment. But um, maybe we could just start off, Patrick, with, you know, how did you find yourself in Japan? What's your history? You know, how did you become a writer? And then, of course, you know, how did Konbini Watch, your fantastic, famous column, come about? Oh, oh, this is glowing praise. Love it. I'm going to go on so many more podcasts. Uh, so I came to Japan in 2009 uh, after sort of graduating university. Um, I came over on the JET program because I, yeah, whoop, whoop. And I didn't know what to do with my life at the time. Uh, I had studied journalism in college, but even back then, the journalism industry in America where I'm from originally was ooh, not so hot. Mm. So yeah, I thought, okay, um, I'll go to Japan and teach English for like a year or two max. Mm -hmm. uh, and I ended up in Mie prefecture, which is kind of between mm. Nagoya and Osaka, um, lovely countryside area. And funny enough, like early on, Kombini's just became such a like staple of my oh, life absolutely <laughs> yep lifestyle yep. and life um which really owes <laughs> to the fact like i have zero cooking ability and i'm lazy mm -hmm. so <laughs> yep. it was just like every night and it really literally like every night it was probably alarming for the first oh, year yeah. um we we only had lawson in the town i was living in oh, so i would go shy. to the lawson yeah, not too bad. I'd go to the Lawson near the station and just get like a El Chicky or a bag mm. of popcorn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all, just, you know, work through <laughs> the entire inventory um, <laughs> over the course of uh, two years. Uh, eventually, we got a family mart a year and a half in. That was a nice. sort of, that was a, you know, eyes opening to see a whole new world moment. Sure, mm -hmm, uh, sure. Introduction oh, yeah. of family chicky. Uh, oh, good. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Convenience have always been 
like part of my being, literally. Uh, and during all of this, while I'm living in the countryside in Mie, I there's not much to do in Mie. Um, you right. just uh, hang out. So yeah. I just started keeping a music blog, uh, Make Believe oh. Melodies. Check it out. And just kind of writing about Japanese music as I was trying to learn about it. You know, I have a big, besides Konbini Watch, I also do a lot of writing about Japanese music. And this was kind of the genesis of that, too. And as the years go on, I start getting opportunities to write for publications such as the Japan Times, mm -hmm. primarily about music. And yeah, I, that sort of nudges me to stay in Japan. So that original, like, two years now plan out the completely falls apart. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to count how many years it's been now. <laughs> Listeners can do the math. Um, thank you. <laughs> Again, I studied journalism and math was not part of that. Uh, but so yeah, that, that kind of became the main reason for staying. But along the way, um, I eventually moved to Tokyo and mm -hmm. I actually started like, initially I lived with my editor because he just okay. had an extra room. Mm. And oh, nice. I really think that he observed my eating mm. habits, yeah. which was yeah, like 90% sure. 7-Eleven. It was like, yeah. Yeah. you know, and after the initial horror, he eventually, there was already a column at the Japan Times, uh, the Convenient Watch column that somebody had been doing for a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I think they stepped away from it and he was like, I think you would be perfect for this. <laughs> So that was, I was just looking today when that was, I want to say 2014 was when I started. 2014, wow. And it's yes, a week, it, was a, it was a weekly column, right? Yes, it was a weekly column. It actually started the first week of 2015 for me. Mm -hmm. um, and that okay. was with, what flavor? Pepsi Pink Cola, which... Oh, that was the first item. The first item I ever reviewed. It was a strawberry milk flavored... Oh boy. Pepsi oh. beverage that looks sort of like a, a very oh. glossy Pepto Pepto Bismol. Oh. <laughs> it's, yeah. With a, a Jolly Rancher finish. Um, so yeah, that was the or that was the origin. And what was it? I I actually asked a friend at the time who said it tastes like body soap. Yeah. That sounds about right. It's better than I thought it would be. So that became a bi-weekly <laughs> bi column. Um, I also did something called Dessert Watch, which okay. was more focused on like uh, local dessert chains and trends. Wow. And yeah, that oh, lasted, cool. yeah, that lasted until a couple weeks ago, actually. They decided to sort of change the direction of the page. And yeah, it is officially, my, my Kombini watch is over. One of the one of the worst decisions. I, well, here I look. I don't want to look. I don't want to step on any feet here. But you know, I like um, you know you, you, you hear the stuff recently about like someone. They're like, I had Bitcoin and I used I, I used a hundred Bitcoin to buy a pizza. Pizza. You know, yeah. I think this is a similar sort of uh, situation where you know this is right at the time when the company is really going to be taking off, and um, you know, hey. I, you know, I know you have to make decisions, but um, if it can be any sort of help, you know, I'd strongly, strongly advise uh, whoever made this decision to just maybe reconsider. 
Sorry. Anyways. If, if anyone wants to start a, a change.org petition, yeah, um, right. uh, I will retweet it at least once. So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much my background. So, so you were talking about the, com- the Combini watch and actually um, before we, we head off on, on to the other things, I just wanted to ask, like, was there anything, um, you know, that like, really sticks in your memory as like a, a really sort of interesting or bizarre or just something um, from uh, your time at Combini Watch that really stuff sticks out to you? Yeah, it's funny, um, not to pull the curtain back too much, but mm-hmm. uh, when you requested that I kind of think about this, <laughs> I went through like the entire archive of everything I'd written. Wow. Oh, cool. Um, which was a trip, honestly. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Eight. It's, that was seven or eight. Seven or eight years. Seven years, maybe. Maybe about seven, bordering wow. seven. That's it's crazy. Wow. it's a long time <laughs> to have. <laughs> I mean, and just to be clear for anyone curious, I'm still maintaining the same sort of diet of largely eating cookie <laughs> food. Um, so I don't want people to think now that this column's over that I'm somehow healthy or living a better life. No. Uh, <laughs> Compete till I die. Um, so when you brought that up and I went through it, something that struck me as like something that surprised me was I feel Combini releases like five or four years ago were trying to be kind of more sort of like sh- maybe not shocking, but they were trying to be more mm-hmm. like, what? Look mm-hmm. at this flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, going through it, I was surprised that like at one point, one candy company had released a salmon flavored candy. Oh, oh. Yeah, this mm. was in 2015 in the summer. Uh, Pucho, a very famous Pucho. like soft candy. Soft candy, yeah. yeah. Um, they released a salt uh, salmon flavor. Salt salmon. <laughs> wow. Uh, in collaboration with a new, at the time, Sanrio character, uh, Kirimi-chan, who's sort of modeled after a slice of fish. <laughs> um, yeah, highly recommend looking into that. And then it was just going through and seeing stuff like there was a chip company that kept releasing like fruit flavored chips. Fruit flavor. Oh, nice. And then that eventually like sort of spilled over into them releasing a strawberry shortcake chip that was re- <laughs> revolting. Like that memory yeah. rushed back as being terrible. And. There was just the, the biggest thing that I think has been lost to Combini history as of late mm-hmm. is that at some point Pepsi Japan just gave up because oh, yeah. there was there was a period where they were just known both in Japan and also kind of on at least in English language internet circles yep. mm-hmm. for releasing like quote unquote weird flavors. Weird flavors. Right. Right. So this was kind of like in the early 2010s, maybe mm-hmm. late aughts, it was like introducing cucumber pepsi i I was just about to say cucumber i remember (laughs) cucumber pepsi see that was their big intro into this like bizarro (laughs) market and so they came out swinging with that and then they also had stuff like salty watermelon um all sorts of things that um they had i have to double check the pronunciation so i don't offend anyone uh babab like oh. it's a type of nut from Africa. They had that flavored Pepsi. Okay. Wow. I remember before oh. Combini Watch, like excitedly buying that while I was at school one day, like, ooh, I get to drink this on my lunch break. And it was like, oh, it was okay. 
But, so full-time yeah. employee scouring the earth for rare nuts to put inside of convenient Pepsi flavors. It's an awesome job. <laughs> but at some point, um, Pepsi just like, they're special flavors now. They're just like all holiday flavors. So it's like Christmas Pepsi, Halloween mm-hmm. Pepsi. Yeah. And it's all just like different degrees of sweet. Yeah. It's like somebody at the Pepsi factory is just like, like, I don't know, they're putting different force on the faucet that pours the sugar into it. So <laughs> there was a period though where Pepsi was really going for it and they just abandoned that at some point. And hmm. I, I feel convenient food has been trying to be more legitimate recently. You know, it's trying to be like, look, we're not here for gimmicks. We're not here for like mm-hmm. novelty. We're here for great taste, you know, hearty taste. Might throw a few curveballs at you, but... Oh. <laughs> It's not going to be too crazy. You know, there's no cucumber flavored things here, except the cucumber. So. <laughs> yeah, we haven't come me, across it, anything like a salmon, salt, <laughs> chewy candy in our 52 <laughs> weeks doing the podcast. We haven't featured any Pepsi since starting the podcast. So I know this is, this may be surprising for our listeners here, but believe it or not. Yeah, maybe maybe we're in the tamer days of the Convini, the sort of wild, mm-hmm. wild west where uh, you think 7-Eleven's doing wacky stuff now. Hey, go back to 2009, okay? <laughs> All kinds of whacked out stuff hitting the show. You don't know what then. it was like. You don't even oh. know. Yeah. I... Well, I, yeah, I just want to say we, you know, we love the column. We hope to see it again one day. And like, I recommend people to like, even though it's ended to go back and look because it's something kind of like what you were saying um, right now that I, that I always felt like um, reading it is that even though sometimes you're just picking up an item and talking about it, like you, you tend to like, it, it tends to like sort of like describe trends, um, which I really liked. Um, and so I think, yeah, if you want like a, like a history of the Combini for the past seven years, you know, go back and, uh, check out Combini watch in its full form. Um, but, um, all right, Patrick. All right. Well, um, yeah, I, yeah, I, we, I guess we should probably head into the, uh, to the, let's, sorry, let's get into that Combini boys content. We got to dive in here. We got a lot to cover as usual. It's great to have you with us, Patrick, to go through the agenda here. As always, we're leading off. With the Chicky Wars, you know, this is where we take a look at the new Chickies coming out this week. And we only have one this week. Chicky Wars have been kind of slow this year. We're hoping they pick up in the second half. But out of Lawson, we got a new El Chicky coming out. This is the Black Pepper Sauce Chicky here. Um, Just a little description for our listeners. Of course, the El Chicky boneless chicken. But what we got here, ladies and gentlemen, is they got the black pepper. Not as a little dusting of seasoning. This thing is sprayed on black pepper sauce. Little different than what we're normally used to seeing. I don't know. Patrick, can we get your reaction to this El Chicky out of loss in here? I mean, the best El Chickies are always the ones where they just coat it to the point of not resembling any other like food on the planet and this looks beautiful to me like this is the type of tanning situation you really want from a snack yeah this thing did go to the donald trump school of uh tanning here yeah this thing looks like it walked into a booth and uh person who was spraying was a little tipsy yeah that thing is jacked up Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it looks great. Like you said, I love I love when they, they wipe on that sauce onto the El Chickies. Um, 
you know, uh, this looks to be like one of those. And um, yeah, I'd love to get out. And, you know, and I'm sure that uh, I probably will at some point coming up here soon. <laughs> All right. Only one Chicky this week. So that wraps up the Chicky Wars. Uh, Mike, why don't you take us over to the scoreboard? That's right. Um, we're heading over to the scoreboard, as always. And this week, um, I'm going to hit you with some numbers here. Okay, we got Family Mart with 58 items, Lawson, 37, 7-Eleven, 104, Mini Stop, 27, Daily Yamazaki, 8, Seiko Mart, 6, Poplar, question mark, New Days, 18 items. Um, you know, uh, what, what do you guys think? Any, any thoughts on this? You know, I got to say, uh, I think the Golden Week hangover is now over. People seem to be playing right in their wheelhouses. Uh, 7-Eleven back over the century mark, Family Mart nearing 60. Uh, Poplar still, we don't know. Are they pushing out new items? It's not clear anymore. But uh, mm-hmm. overall, I think, hey, it's a good sign. Vacation's over. Everybody's back to work. Patrick, any any thoughts on these numbers? <laughs> Man, poor Poplar, just existing yeah. in, in a sort of Bermuda Triangle of, of convenient existence. Man, oh man, I feel for him, you know. You know, I'm always, it's it's, it's funny, you know, because during Golden Week, I had the chance to, to go to Seiko Mart and oh, uh, yeah. make that pilgrimage as I do every few months. And, oh, like... I'm just always struck, you know, I see these numbers, you see 7-Eleven putting up these crazy, these like Mike Trout numbers, and you're like, I mean, that looks great, but does it have any results, you know? Like, how much of that is just empty? You go to Seiko Mart, I guarantee you those six items, everyone hits. Everyone yeah. is, mm-hmm. is just, mm-hmm. ah, I can imagine the quality. Yeah. So I, I just wish more uh, convenience stores would, you know, learn that sometimes less is better. You know, really fine-tuning what you put out there is better than sort of flooding the zone. It's an interesting point. You know, 7-Eleven yeah. certainly takes a buckshot approach to their product development where uh, it's not really clear if they're aiming at anything. But uh, a lot comes out, no doubt about it. All right. Well, of course, I mean, masterful uh, analysis from... from... <laughs> The legend himself, Patrick. Um, all right, guys. Well, let's um, head on over to our winners and losers. This week, we have Patrick with us as well. So we got a bunch of interesting winners and losers to look at. And since he is our guest, I say we oh. start with Patrick. So we're going to start first with Patrick's loser. So I'm going to throw it up on screen. And boom, Patrick, oh, what, what are we looking at here? Oh, yeah. Hey. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. is... Coming out of Lawson, uh, this is the Shirasu, no, Pepperoncino, the... So I'll, I guess I'll, I'll preface this, sort of, uh, you know, put a nice mattress underneath it, just in case this offends. Um, <laughs> like, I personally am someone who is not a fan of Shirasu, which is a really, like, mm-hmm. small fish that works its way into a lot of foods in Japan. Mm-hmm. It's we're zooming in on it for the YouTube people, and I feel sick looking at it. It's sorry about that. Sorry me. about that. No, sorry it's okay. That. It's okay. I need to face my fears, and that's why you go on the comedian boys. Uh, but so yeah, that's it's a personal taste thing. Um, mm-hmm. And whenever I see sort of a pile of these small fish sort of dropped into mm-hmm. any other food, to me, there's something yeah. just unnerving about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and in this case, this is a sort of pepperoncino pasta along with a, a little bit of vegetable thrown in uh, to make you feel like you're eating something healthy. Yeah. And it's just something about it that just even looking at, like, 
ignoring that going into it, I'm not going to like how it tastes. Just the sort of the visual aesthetic, the visual oh, yeah. appeal of it is just not good. This yeah. looks like a, somebody just dumped a, a bowl of these little fish onto some pasta and said, here you go. And I don't like that. You got to try a little bit, at least make it presentable. <laughs> Yeah, that's often how they show up, isn't it? You know, it's like uh, you were having a nice time and then somebody just, you know, farted, blew up the whole party <laughs> here. That's what Chidasu really are. I actually didn't realize, you know, it's, they're commonly served at school lunch. Uh, really? So, you know, people on jet, you get the school lunch and you get some Chidasu on your rice there again, little tiny, tiny, tiny little fish. I didn't realize they were fish early on. I thought they were some kind of weird sort of seasoning. And then one day I looked down and I realized all these eyeballs looking back at me. And I thought, oh my God, these are, oh, oh man, oh yeah, these things are staring right back at you. You're going to look it right in the eye as you're consuming these things. And there are dozens of them because they're so little. They just pile them right on top. And why pepperoncino? What is this adding to pepperoncino? That's a great pasta dish. Lawson, you had it, and then you ruined it again. You just sort of farted in the party here. I don't, I don't understand what they were thinking. Um, this is a strong loser here, Patrick. Couldn't agree more with too you. Too much, too much. Get it out of yeah. here. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I'll just so I'll just say that um, I I don't mind shirasu. I will say, um, but um, I agree the combination in general. Even as someone who likes shirasu, this isn't something you're going to look at and be excited about. And also, I don't know why you'd use a, a fork to eat this. That doesn't really make sense to me as well. So, um, all right, all right. Well, um, okay. Let's head on over to the next one. And this time we're looking at Matt. This is Matt's loser for the week. Matt, what, what are we looking at here? <laughs> I'm honestly not sure Jesus. what we're looking at here, Mike. This is uh, called Yudin Chicken here. Uh, Google Translate says this is deep fried chicken and soy sauce. Um, Let's be honest. It looks like 7-Eleven was playing whack-a-mole with a pixel machine and just started lighting up random blocks here. There's You can't make out shapes. I see colors. I see yellow. I see red. I see brown. I don't see food, though. This thing looks like uh, you know a meal you'd find in a PlayStation 2 RPG to heal your character. <laughs> Not something you consume as a human being. Um, also, this thing, gosh, this thing probably greased up to the to the to the tilt here you eat three of these boys and uh you could probably get a part-time job running a geronimo water slide out of your butt cheeks let's be honest here this thing looks dangerous so um i don't know what this is <laughs> they, they say there's chicken in it i i i can't really say for sure what it is though so yeah this is my loser out of 7-eleven speaking of quality yeah this is yeah, Bro. yeah, I'll, I'll take the first crack or first follow up here, um, if that's all right. Yeah, Matt, I agree. Um, I don't. I I think you you put it perfectly. It it is. It's fairly uncertain what this is. Um, I'm sure that someone knows, but um, yeah, it's hard to get excited about a product that doesn't seem to have any form or n noticeable sort of characteristics to tell you what it is. Um, yeah, total total loser. I I totally agree. This looks like when you go hiking in the fall, uh, you'll see leaves yeah. covering the ground. And you don't know what's <laughs> under the leaves. It could be anything. It could be fresh, wet soil. It could be more leaves. It could be a body. And this is what I see when I look at this sort of, this, this very autumnal colored food item. It's yeah. just, again, the visual side of it is just so unappealing right off the bat. Like yeah. when I go to a convenience, my eyes are the first thing that are going to make decisions here. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and when I see this, I see a very, very depressing uh, mm. hike up a mountain. 
I want to just go home. It's wet. It's no good. <laughs> I don't want to eat that, you know? Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, hey, going on to our last loser, let's get let's get through these losers so we can get on those winners. Um, All right, everybody. Um, This is mine. This <clears throat> is coming out of Lawson. Um, and this is the Toast Sand Tamago and Tunos, or Tuna. So this is a egg and tuna toast sandwich, which, you know, sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty but good. let me explain what my problem is here. First of all, so we're looking at a sandwich. On the top, it has, I guess on the top is the egg. This is egg that's been sort of like, sort of wiped on top. Hmm. On top of that, you have like some squirts of ketchup. Um, hmm. And then you have a really thick cut um, bread inside, which I guess is tuna. Hmm. And so this is the toast sand, tuna, and um, egg. So, I, you know, um, in, in general, I'd eat this. It's not terrible. But I just don't really understand this top layer here. If this was egg that was sort of inside, yeah. maybe I'd understand it more. Mm -hmm. And then this ketchup as well. I'd, I'm not really a ketchup on egg sort of person. Um, in general, you know, I think with a toast sandwich, it's something that you can do so much with. Like, it would be so easy to just, um, you know, make this a, you know, a home run, knock it out of the park. But um, I felt like with what they were working with and what they were trying, this just didn't really uh, hit the mark for me. Yeah, it's also not clear to me if, if they uh, are just taking a thick slice of bread and, and creating a pouch inside and inserting a little bit of tuna. The, the filling is almost, you can't even see it. There's so little tuna in there. This is all bread. Uh, the egg on top, I agree. It's a little bit, uh, you got to think of all the effort they made to sort of, I guess, broil scrambled egg on top. <laughs> I don't know what that is. And then the ketchup, I agree. Um, I do like ketchup on eggs. I don't like ketchup with tuna salad, which sounds pretty gross. It seems like they're trying to combine breakfast and lunch all at once. You know, this is sort of uh, a diner menu all in one sandwich here, and it's uh, it's 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 gone a little haywire. I'd probably try it out of curiosity, um, but yeah, definitely not something I would I would seek out. It's it's needless innovation. They're taking things that would have been perfectly <laughs> well fine well on their sort of own like merits, like just. I don't know, like an open face sandwich or something. Well you know, said, yeah. like right. You don't, have, you don't have to cram the tuna in there. You don't have to put the eggs on top and sort of create this weird, uh, layered. You know, it's like looking at a map of the Earth when you cut it open to teach you like what soil looks like or something. Yep. Like yeah, this this is just them. This is lost and trying to be too fancy. They're trying mm -hmm. to trying to get people to buy something that already exists in a much better form. And uh, I would say, yeah, cut it out, guys. Keep it simple. Ah, oh, needless innovation. Well said. Great analysis. Yes. All right, everyone. Hate so to see you it. know, hate to see it. Hate to see it. You hate to see it. But what we do like to see is our winners, and we're heading over to the winners now everybody's getting excited you know people tune in they want to see the winner so we're gonna start again with our guest patrick so what is your winner for this week so this Ooh, week's winner boy. this you know Ooh, when you guys boy. asked me oh, yeah. to take take a stroll down memory lane <laughs> and revisit my you know the, the things i've written over the past six seven years for convenient watch mm -hmm. you know i thought it was appropriate that this year, Family Mart is celebrating their 40th anniversary. And as part of this sort of year-long celebration of, oh. you know, one of, the, one of the best stories in Japanese kombini history, 
mm-hmm. something that deserves probably a special 10 part sort of uh, <laughs> podcast deep dive, if you will. Um, they're kind of like releasing special items. And some of them are kind of re-releases of things that have come out in the past, such mm-hmm. as this, the mm-hmm. Rich Frappe Strawberry 2017, mm-hmm. that, that, mm-hmm. that year prominently displayed <laughs> in the name. Mm-hmm. Um, Taking it back to a simpler time, pre-COVID, you know, everything was great, obviously, 2017. What was wrong back then? Don't look into that. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, um, I remember for Combini Watch, I've reviewed other flavors. They had Mm. a, like, mint chocolate chip one a few years Mm. back that was really good. So this this line of Family Mart, like, ready to make drinks, you take them to the same coffee station that you get the instant blend coffee, mm-hmm. and you just mm-hmm. shoot some hot milk in there, and it's mm-hmm. ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never had this one. So tonight, actually, um, oh. while I was walking on over to this, to where I've come to record today's uh, podcast... You know, it's a really, it's a balmy, lovely, you know, mm. free summer evening here in Tokyo. <laughs> so I stopped by the family mart and grabbed oh. me this, this 2017 throwback and mm. just enjoyed it while I was walking over. Yeah. And I got to say, part of it is situational. Um, this is mm-hmm. perfect for these early summer nights. This is mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. You got these chunks of strawberry in there. Mm-hmm. Not quite a milkshake, but approaching mm-hmm. that consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, something you gotta you gotta take the special uh, straw they give you. There's a little slight yeah. indentation at the end that allows you to use it as an ad hoc spoon, mm-hmm. and you just gotta scoop the stuff up that won't come up because those strawberries are blocking the straw. It's a delight, um, oh. a real real perfect seasonal treat. I I love a nice thick frap, you know, where uh, you're sucking so hard it feels like your eyeballs are just gonna slip back into your head and, you know, get sucked up with that thick ice cream. This is a strawberry here. One of my favorite flavors growing up as a kid. What I'm impressed by here is the the strawberry chunks in this thing, you know. This isn't just some artificial flavoring. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of that, too. (laughs) Let's not not give them too much credit here. (laughs) They they got some real strawberry chunks in there. And, you know, Mini Stop is really the gold standard when it comes to ice cream items. But Family Mart here is really putting out a strong contender, it looks like, with this Mm -hmm. rich frappe strawberry 2017 and uh no doubt about it hey early (laughs) early late late spring early summer no better time to be walking outside a little hot you got a nice little cool beverage with you Mm, i like it people looking at you horrified as you're walking down the street sucking out of the straw people be like it's seven o'clock what is this guy doing (laughs) summer guys it's great (laughs) But that's a pers- that's a personal problem for me. So don't right. worry. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. This this is amazing. I'm sure the flavor and everything is great as well. But what really you know caught my eye is what you were describing about this sort of trend, and I, I really like this. The you know the 2017 that this is branded as you know this was an item from 2017. They've got the fukatsu you know written big on the side there. This is the revival. Mm. Um, I think that this has a lot of potential, you know, because um, I, I from the time that we spent looking at the Kombini, a lot of times, you know, they'll re- 
re-release items without much fanfare but i feel like this is a way that like you can really kind of like yeah. sell it as well i think it's a nice marketing tool as well and it's also exciting like oh yeah yeah that thing that i had back in 2013 it's not just coming out exactly the same this is like kind of you know some ceremony to it i love it this is awesome and um yeah love to give it a try all right well Thank you, Patrick. We're going to head over to Matt's winner this week, and here we go. What are we looking at, Matt? Oh, Yeah, this is out of Lawson, Mike, and uh, it's go-go curry back in action. Okay, so Lawson has teamed up with the incredible go-go curry. This is the Ishikawa-based curry shop chain entirely based on Hideki Matsui, the spectacular Japanese ball, ball player who wound up being sort of an above-average Yankees ball player but um what is this here this is uh well he's no shohei otani who's at fenway park by the way this weekend gotta check him out hit a long actually it was pretty impressive what he did yesterday anyway this is not baseball podcast this is this is go go curry and we had a mike trout reference earlier but um go go curry okay this is the best curry shop in japan i'm gonna say and we got a maze soba here, okay? What is maze yeah. soba? Maze mm-hmm. soba, this is, uh, it's ramen without the soup. So mm-hmm. you get uh, a lot, you get the ramen noodles, usually a thicker, chewier noodle, and then you get a bunch of toppings, and then you, mazeru means to stir up, to mix up. And so mm-hmm. what we're looking at here, we got those chewy, thick noodles, and oh, sitting on top, we got yeah. some sludgy go-go curry, man. That hey. thing looks like you could... Uh, build a house with that thing looks like you could plaster a wall with that stuff oh boy then we got some nakyo those pickled whatever i don't know what those are but damn they're good we got some chopped up white stuff we got some chopped up meat i think and then some green onions you're gonna stir that big boy up and then you're slurpy 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 that thing's gonna splash all over you you're gonna be looking like a hot mess when you're done with this one Hmm. raw egg on top questionable but once you mix that boy in it's only gonna get stickier and yummier Mm -hmm. so um hey i love what lawson is doing partnering with gogo curry they actually had two gogo curry items out this week but the the maze soba this is the one that caught my attention i would be all over this and the price by the way big reduction last week they were pricing actually they were pricing gogo curry katsu more expensively than gogo curry actually prices they're saying that same oh, wow. curry in the restaurant by like a couple hundred yen, which is that's uh, pretty tricky game. Lawson's trying to play there. This one's yeah. three hundred ninety nine yen. Nice little price there. I'd be all over this one. Yeah, I'll just uh, just to jump in real quick. Looks great, you know. And um, being you know Matt and I, you know, we both spent a lot of time in Ishikawa. Gotta love the uh, the go go curry items coming out. And this isn't just you know regional. These are these are you know nationwide releases. Oh, so yeah. that's uh, that's really exciting as well. Looks great. And um, yeah, I definitely definitely have this, no doubt. And the pride that sort of like flows out of the how you describe both of you describe this. The sort of regional like you oh, know yeah. you just want to oh, stand yeah. up, salute it. It sounds like. Um, I will admit here, um, this is, I'm not proud of this. I've never had go-go curry. Um, So I can't, you know, I'll trust you guys. That's great. Um, Hideki Matsui, uh, World Series MVP. Let's not downplay that. That's That's very true. I will say, um, (laughs) as a maze soba, this looks great. I think maze soba, you know, once you mix it up, you get everything out there, including that egg, something I'm usually hesitant about personally. But when it's sort Mm -hmm. of, when you just get it in, and as you said, make it all sticky, sticky and nice, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. 
I mean, just 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 the ingredients there. I'm I'm looking at. It, I'm like, there's no way that could go wrong. That's like, mm-hmm. oh, there's yeah. nothing there that's gonna make me go like that shouldn't be there. It looks oh, yeah. like an artist's palette, and it's just waiting to paint the most beautiful <laughs> picture. You know what I mean? Damn, that looks good. All right. We've gone from things that you use to build a house to the next thing go. <laughs> so, mm. oh my. <laughs> mm, we gotta move on i'm about to yeah yeah all right awesome fair, item um okay now we're going on to my winner this week and um i'll say i'm a little bit uh, well let me let me just show you what we're looking at here boom oh. all right everybody yeah this is a this is going to be a controversial <laughs> How many times? this is an item this is an item i i will preface this by saying this was almost both my winner and loser for the week. So wow. that was going to be a first. Um, all right. What are we looking at here? We're looking at Mike's popcorn. popcorn. You know, the classic show you butter flavor. Um, but this time, ladies and gentlemen, this is the wasabi mm. and soy sauce flavor. So, all right. Wasabi and soy sauce, you know. What do you think? You're thinking sashimi, right? You're probably not thinking popcorn. But let me just describe why I'm really liking this. So I love wasabi, you know. I love Mike's popcorn. I'm skeptical that this is actually good. But this is the sort of item. And Patrick, actually, you know, sort of like what you were talking about before, about being like sort of like, um, you know, exciting I, this is the sort of item that I would just have to buy. Like, and I think when, next time I go to the Kambini and I see it, I'm just going to like, you know, without even thinking, just kind of put it in my basket and not, you know, really think about it. Um, you know, it's exciting. It looks interesting. And the, the ingredients are also like pretty, pretty bare. And so I thought it was pretty cool that they, uh, you know, made this sort of item that you, that you really want to buy with such like, so, you know, few sort of ingredients. Um, as to the flavor, I'm not sure. I'm sure you guys have some ideas on that. But uh, yeah, this is my questionable winner for the week. You, you know, I my big takeaway here is, Mike, you really like popcorn. Popcorn <laughs> has appeared like a few times now on the, on the winner's list. It's, uh, and here it is again. This is a Frito-Lay product, okay, everybody? Hey, how many times has Frito-Lay released a cool popcorn flavor in the U.S.? Zero times. What's going on here? <laughs> You know, why is all the innovation happening in Japan? They got the PlayStation. They got the, you know, Sony 4K, 12, whatever TV. Now we got wasabi shoyu flavored popcorn. Now, I'm a little bit worried about this because wasabi, you get that nose blast. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And normally you eat popcorn. Nobody's eating one kernel at a time. You're taking a fistful of that, you know, and you're stuffing it in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're just stuffing, you know, a handful of wasabi in your mouth... I can't imagine. You know, you're going to be breathing fire with every bite. So I'm a, I'd be a little bit worried about, you know, this might actually be painful to eat. But I would buy it. I think it would taste right. good. Exactly. I, I, but I do think you'd, you'd, you'd suffer through some discomfort while consuming it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just looking at it, it's it's all about what balance are they going to strike with these flavors? Yeah, um, exactly. Yes. Well, yeah. Whenever you get any of the sort of the potato <laughs> chips that prominently feature wasabi, you know, some of them they they they, they just get the, the nice subtleness that you want, oh, that little yeah. spice that makes yeah. the little oh delightful. But you know, you have other ones they just burn. It's like yeah. why don't I just throw chili powder into my mouth and just writhe around on the floor? 
Um, so that that's kind of my like going into it. I'm like, mm -hmm. what have? How much of this is soy sauce? How much of this is wasabi? Can they sort of walk that flavor tightrope? Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Then that said, I would absolutely buy this uh, <laughs> to go back to this sort of um, something I've harped on a lot: the visual presentation. Oh yes. Just a love, lovely package. Look Beautiful. at that festive green and white, Stunning. like a circus inviting me into its big <laughs> oh, tent. <yes. laughs> you know, you got your your favorites in the soy sauce, and something a little more daring with the wasabi. You know, a little dangerous. Mm -hmm. You know, I see that. I'm like, ooh. You know, I, is this right? That's the only one way to find out. So you, this has piqued my interest. And the moment next week rolls around, this is probably lunch for one day. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Amazing analysis, Matt. We are we're really in the presence of the master here. I got to say, this is, this, is, this is an incredible analysis. All right. Um, Could you imagine my editors having to deal with this every week? They were just like... <laughs> Delete, 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 get to the point, delete, delete, delete. Yeah. Well, thank no you. limit I on wish. the podcast here. Go on as long as you want. Yeah. That's hey. exactly right. No, yeah. amazing. I mean, I, we could probably quote, I mean, I've, I already have like five that I, I'm, I'm, I got to take a memo on because these are just amazing. All right. Okay. All right. So normally we close it out here, but because we have Patrick on this week, um, Patrick actually uh, threw out a uh, an item that he was excited for next week. So we're gonna give one last go round here. This is uh, Patrick's, you know, item to look out for or that he's excited for next week. I'm just gonna give you the floor, Patrick. What are we looking at here? Oh my! Goodness. Oh, we're we're going to Seven oh, Eleven now uh, to the Seven Eleven Premium line of desserts. Um, their waffle cone uh, ice cream offerings. You know, this is they always deliver on this front. Just even the the basic vanilla flavor is is a knockout. Um, I highly recommend. You see that little the little like plastic cone over it. You grab it. Um, be careful. I actually recently dropped one in the middle of the store and it shattered and it was a very awkward moment. People rushing oh, over to be like, oh, let me God. help you. And I was like, ah, uh, <laughs> my ice cream. Um, I digress. Um, the latest flavor they're going to roll out is hojicha, which is a sort of a, a, a tea varietal. Mm. And, you know, just just knowing the quality that this line of dessert from 7-Eleven has delivered in the past coupled with you know as we touched on before the current warm weather situation across japan mm -hmm. i'm just picturing you know walk into a park sitting on a bench and mm. just licking into this and mm. enjoying it oh. and i think it's just a, a confluence of things that are going to make this a real treat in the coming weeks so i highly recommend this for anyone looking for a, a nice cool treat to get mm. you through these warm days and it's so nice to see hojicha. You, mm. you, you most commonly see matcha. And matcha, mm -hmm. it's so overplayed. We got to move on, everybody. There's so much else out there to explore. Hojicha is one of those. It's got this nice, subtle, kind of roasted flavor to it. And that's going to be in a nice, cool, creamy ice cream. Love the waffle cone, by the oh, yeah. way. Big oh, yeah. fan of the waffle mm. cone. That also looks like a healthy serving there. You know, you're going to, mm. you know, sucking down a few calories with that boy. But uh, <laughs> no, this definitely, this looks, uh, this looks outstanding out of 7-Eleven next week. 
Yeah, looks amazing. Hoji Cha, love it. Um, I'm just gonna let you know, leave it with your guys' words there. Amazing. I'm also, you know, I'm on this lemon dough nine percent. I'm starting to lose it, so I'm gonna close it out here. That's it for the scoreboards and the winners and losers this week. I think we're going to be heading to a sort of special final segment here. Is that right, Matt? That's right, Mike. Uh, we always close with At the Gimba with Mike. The Gimba, of course, the place where the action happens. But uh, this week we have Patrick with us. So we're going to the Gimba with Patrick here. Patrick's in Tokyo, the biggest Gimba of them all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, Patrick, you have an item you'd like to review for us. What do you got for us from the Gimba? Well, thank you for such a such a you know sort of exciting introduction to what is going to be one of the most boring items ever featured on your on your oh, podcast. What is this? What's going Folks, on here? So, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, oh, this looks great. So, I've also actually recently purchased one to bring with me for today's episode. Oh. Coca Cola Japan, under the brand Canada Dry, has released their new icy spark line of soda water. Mm. So this is just carbonated water. There's nothing mm-hmm. to it. It comes in a plain and lemon flavor. I opted for the lemon mm-hmm. uh, to add a little excitement. And you're thinking, you know, you go to a convenience store, there's like four to five different varieties, like varieties of soda that just yeah. taste like nothing zero calories there's nothing here this is for people like me who don't want to drink water because they're a baby because they need some sort of fizz <laughs> and they know their market because i've purchased this multiple times this week um but what's what surprised me about this is when it first came out at the start of the week you know i would go to the 7-eleven or lawson and they were just completely sold out of this oh wow. yeah big um, run no, it's possible because, as you can see on the screen, for anyone tuning into the, the YouTube side of it, uh, the advertising campaign is revolved around like a polar bear who's yeah. also a scientist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so, what? Like, like, yeah, I would recommend everyone to sort of yeah do a good old YouTube search for Icy Spark, and the main uh, commercial they have is like it starts with a polar bear like wearing a lab coat, running around like bossing mm. human scientists around. Uh, total disrespect for the food chain, of course. Um, but then I guess they harness the power of Icy Spark, and he sort of returns to his, uh, you know, his pre-civilization self. You know, sort of strong wild beast who's who's free of the shackles of civilization. Um, pretty cool, and yeah, this tastes like any other soda on the market. However, thanks to the sort of Russian nesting doll of branding, Coca-Cola Japan, Canada Dry, new brand Icy Spark, I think it's actually connected with consumers who are curious. And, you know, you're seeing a rush on this drink, at least for the first week. When I bought this uh, an hour ago, it was completely in stock, so maybe people are over it now. Is is plain soda water, is that popular in Japan? I I feel like I haven't actually seen plain seltzer in Japan before. Is it a thing? It is, yeah. Like, um, Mm -hmm. every kombini now has their own, like, brand of soda water. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. I mean, I don't know how exciting this is, but Family Mart actually just introduced their own brand of unflavored soda water. 
which as you for the soda water community was a big moment um <laughs> but you also have brands like wilkinson is here and they've been getting oh, yeah. sort of a, a big yeah, okay. push as of late to sell mm-hmm. it and you have just a few other like suntory has their own mm-hmm. yeah it's there and and sometimes they can at least get a you know interesting with the flavors uh, i want to say suntory has a really good grapefruit one out right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah, yeah, Coca-Cola, much like with, uh, you know, the, the lemon sour that we all know and love, Lemon Go, they're getting lemon into this dough. market too. Yes, they are. Yes, they so, are. I, that's, yeah, that's something I wanted to say is, um, you know, I had great doubts, you know, I, I think sort of like growing up as an American, you, you and, you know, um, you have sort of doubt about um, Coca-Cola, the company in general. And I really, you know, had a big sort of like change within myself because of lemon dough um and i think and i'm wondering if icy spark maybe <laughs> will have the same sort of effect i will say one thing that i've noticed this says psycho tan sansoy this is yeah. the the most strong tan i would say um it seems like in recent years there's been sort of an escalation of the like the strongest yeah. Ton, you know the strongest soda water i don't know if this is like did you feel that this this uh this soda was even like more, you know, carbonated than um, other sodas that you've had before. I would say it's pretty. It's it's pretty high up there. You know, mm. if, if you're if you're putting the you're plotting it out on the sort of graph of most carbonated soda water. <laughs> I, that said, that said, the Seven Eleven brand strong soda water. That's oh, yeah. the strongest, and it doesn't mm. come close to that. Uh, oh, Icy Spark, okay. oh, wow. it's lacking that spark. You know what I'm saying? So oh. <laughs> it, it's 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 not you know that's a little misleading and I know uh, multi multinational conglomerates like Coca Cola can you know just trot out their PR to get people mm-hmm. interested in this but oh, yeah. the truth the truth is in the fizz and I recommend if you want the strength go with the Seven Eleven brand. Oh. Well, I'm a I'm a proud Soda Stream owner. I'm a mm. huge fan of seltzer and uh, actually. The other day, uh, Karen actually did eight pumps on the soda stream. Whoa. The max advised is seven. So, uh, yeah, her head almost exploded. I was going to say, how are you here? Sip. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a dicey situation for a little while. So good to hear that they're not messing around with that kind of fizz here. Don't want to put any kind of dangerous product out on the shelf. You know, this could be an opportunity because what, other, what better platform? is there than just fizzy's plain water yeah i mean if we're talking about whacked out flavors you know lemon this this is this is uh this is a blank canvas here everybody put put whatever you want into the into the plain seltzer let's have some fun with this you know let's get the cucumber back let's get the uh pink strawberry milk cream flavor back you know, salmon, 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 <laughs> salt flavored <laughs> seltzer, and that's a Run thing actually. Well, actually, so in the U.S., seltzer blown up. There are all these seltzer brands, and actually, there's one in Worcester, my hometown, called Polar that's recently exploded, and they have these limited edition flavored cans that have actually become collectibles, and they have flavors like unicorn. I mean, these aren't even flavors; they're just things that's yeah. a creature the creature <laughs> so this is an instance where u.s soda brands are actually out ahead of japan in terms mm. of innovation 
And uh, no doubt, you know, I see Japan running away with this eventually. Who knows? Hologram, seltzers, I don't know where this is going. But definitely it's a blank canvas. Uh, I like to see, I'm a big seltzer guy, so nice to see it at the Conveni. Have you had the unicorn one? The unicorn drink? Uh, well, you know, it's hard to come by. You know, this thing's like a Charizard Pokemon card. You know, you gotta you gotta know the right people. You, you have to pay four hundred thousand dollars and be a YouTuber to, together. Uh, exactly. <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta have real connections to get a unicorn seltzer. You know, so no, I've never had that one, but I have had other collectible flavors, and I gotta tell you, they're all pretty gross. I don't actually think they're meant to be consumed. I think they are legitimately meant to be collected. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, sold for astronomical prices. Asset bubbles all over the place right now. Dogecoin's the only one I care about. Everybody, <laughs> hold. We're going to the moon. Papa Elon, bring it home. All right, that's it for that. Non fungible tonic <laughs> water. All right, all right, all right, all right. I got to pull this in. We have like flown way off the handle here. Um, all right. Well, hey, what? A podcast there. I, I just want to say we're, we're closing out now, but before we, we wrap up, Patrick, is there, you know, anything you want to plug and, you know, like where can everybody find you um, if they want to uh, read what you're, what you're writing? Yeah, I mostly write for the Japan Times, so check in at that website wherever you are in the world. You can also find me on Twitter at MB Melodies. Give me a follow. And uh, don't be afraid by all the Japanese music. Maybe you'll learn about more convenience store Vocaloid characters in the process. <laughs> you also have a Substack, right? I do. I do have a Substack. The link is on the Twitter. It is, I believe, mbmelodies.substack.com for all of your <laughs> in-depth musings about Japanese music and pop culture. We'll put the links in the show notes. Oh, thank you so much. That's great. Yeah, for sure. Well, wow. What an episode. I think we might have doubled our longest episode of all time. And I got to say, every single minute of this was golden. This is this is one of the, you know, most fun podcasts that we've had. I'd just like to, you know, say again, Patrick, thank you so much for coming on. Um, It's been this has been awesome. Um, thank you so much again for having me on. You guys are amazing. You're carrying the torch of Combini Watch. Oh, God. It's that's, that's, this, is, this, is, that's, uh, this is new <laughs> <laughs> well we gotta have you back on again soon but um all right well hey let, let's wrap it up you know i'm sure our moms and our and our dads are getting tired so let's um <laughs> let's wrap it up here um okay so i'd just like to extend a, a real big thanks to everybody who's listening um if you're listening on apple Podcasts, spotify any of the apps you know leave us a like and share you know it helps people to find the show if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe and like. Um, and, you know, we're active on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're especially active on Twitter, so check us out there. Again, huge shout out to Patrick's mom. You know, I, it's a big blessing to have you as a listener. And, um, you know, it, it, please, you know, we, we really appreciate the support. Um, if you have a convenient memory, give us a call at 617-453-8207 if you're in the States. If not, you can go to anchor.com. Um, anchor.fm slash boys. Actually, sorry, Google's threatening to take away that number because it's not been used in almost a year, so that may not right, be so active don't... anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll give it a call this week, don't worry. <laughs> All right, yeah. 
<laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes, so this is this is this is time sensitive. If you can give us a committee memory, that'd be great. Um, all right. Well, hey, I just want to say, you know, thanks so much, to Patrick. Um, thanks for everybody who tuned in. This was really, really a great time. And um, yeah, I guess for now, I guess we'll see you at the convening. See you at the convening, Mike and Patrick. See you guys at the convening.